This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Business Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Randy Zuckerberg here, host of Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, coming to you live from New York City. I'm so thrilled to have you joining me today. Every week on this show, we pick a new trend in business, lifestyle, the economy. We zero in on all things related to it. And uh, one of the trends that I've had my eye on for a while is education, specifically online learning. Um, there's definitely a shifting role of you universities, training colleges and schools, um, especially as online learning starts to revolutionize how we gain more skills, how we enter the workforce. So today we're going to focus on this new education revolution and how online learning is changing to adapt to our digital world. Uh, Remember, our phone lines and our social media lines are open for you. If you want to give us a call and talk about your experiences with online learning and, and education revolution, we'd love to hear that. The number is 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also always find us on Instagram or Twitter at Randy Zuckerberg on either of those platforms. And we're constantly sharing and reading throughout the show. I am thrilled to introduce our first guest to get us started on the topic of digital transformation in education. Welcome to the show, Susan Grajcek. Susan, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you very, very much, Randy. It's a pleasure to talk with you and with your audience today. Thank you. Susan is the Vice President of Communities and Research for EDUCAUSE, a U.S. nonprofit association that aims to advance higher education through the use of technology. Susan, before we dive into our discussion, I love to start my show with a little game called Like or Dislike. Like. I like that. Or Dislike. Hey, Dad, you get Nothing! You lose! So this is just for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Um, I have found, along with my awesome team, uh, we found some of the kind of most out there online courses that you can take. And I would love, Susan, to hear your thoughts on them, if you like or dislike them and why. Um, The first is that you can learn the art of clowning from your living room. Um, You'll be steeped in the ancient art of history of clowning. You can pick a wig and a clown outfit. You are taken through finding your clown's personality. And then you learn at the end how to actually make a living as a professional clown. Uh, Susan, like or dislike? Oh, man, I hate to start it off on a dark note. but No, I'm that's okay. Go for it. Go for it. I'm going to say dislike and, and dislike not, not, because, not because I'm not always clowning around, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've just never been a fan of clowns. So, yeah, sorry. clowns. I feel like most people have a pretty strong feeling just about clowns in general, <laughs> like completely unrelated to online learning. I also think like isn't like the very art of clowning about entertaining other people like that you're in the room with? I feel like that's one of like that's a weird skill to learn from being alone behind a computer screen. But I don't know. I You know, I, someone's got to let there's there are clowns out there and someone's got to be training them. So that's great. If that's yeah. if that's your jam. OK, this next one is, I think, 
even a little weirder. Um, you can take a course uh, to learn to communicate with your pet telepathically, apparently. Um, there is a, you can use your learn to use your natural intuition and psychic abilities to communicate with any animal species and only for 12.99 Susan like or dislike wow i like that <laughs> sign me up sign me up in fact i have even right next to me today my tuxedo cat is sitting here on my yeah, purring away. She's really enjoying this show so far, Randy. Oh, so, thank um, you. Well, I wish uh, I, she sounds absolutely adorable, and I wish that I could learn to communicate telepathically with her. So there you go. I'll give us a like, too. All right. the Our final one, um, this is interesting. There's a, an edX course that was created by the Smithsonian and the Harvard Division of Continuing Education, which is the philosophy of superheroes. So they dive into, like, the philosophical quandaries of Spider-Man's struggle between great power and great responsibility and or Superman's duty to uphold truth and justice. Susan, what do you think, like or dislike? Well, I just, I really geek out on superhero movies. I love them, so I would like that. I would like that a lot, especially if I'd like to learn more about Wonder Woman, and I'd like to learn yes. more about her. Yes. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. So if there's like equal representation among these superheroes, then that's a win. Otherwise, we need to discuss the philosophy of why they're only studying male superheroes. And that needs to be a separate and, course. <laughs> yeah. And that's just about Spider-Man over and over again. I'm kind of tapped out on the whole Spider-Man. I'm, I'm tapped out on Spider-Man, too. I, I agree. We need we need some new. It's like it's a new decade. We need some new people. All right, Susan, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into your background. Uh, again, for anyone just joining us, you're listening to Randy Zuckerberg Means Business. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg. Today, we're talking about all things education and the digital revolution. I'm thrilled to have on the show today, Susan Graycheck, v- Vice President of Communications and Research for Educause. Susan, tell us about uh, your background and how you g- first got really interested in the education space. Sure, sure. Um, I've worked in the education space for my entire career. I started off, um, excuse me, I I got my Ph.D. at Yale University uh, in psychology, and I found that I was really most interested in analyzing data and working with computers. And so when it was time for me to go out and interview for jobs as as, as a psychology professor, I thought, well, you know what, that's really not my jam. And so I ended up uh, working uh, in computing at Yale for about 25 years. Uh, And so, you know, online learning is new, but it's also very old. It's been around for about 40 years. And I've seen, uh, you know, many of the earlier incarnations of online learning, which Mm. which has been pretty cool. And then I moved to Educause uh, um, nine years ago. And I was just thrilled. It was my dream job. I I got a chance to move from one university to really being able to support um, all the universities in the United States and help them think about how to use technology more effectively in teaching and research and administration and all that stuff. I love that. What What would you say are some of the biggest trends that are shaping the education field right now that you have your eye on? I think the biggest trend is change and disruption. You know, I I speak a lot. I I get an opportunity in my job to have a lot of conversations with uh, 
technology leaders in higher education around the country and around the world. And I've spent, for as part of a project, I've been uh, interviewing presidents and provosts at colleges and universities lately, and they are talking about change. They're, you know, they're talking about the changes that we all read about, like uh, the, the the college education, uh, the college educated students are um, mm. are decreasing in numbers. You know, simple demographics. Because after the big recession, people didn't have as many babies, and now um, those babies aren't going to be going to college in the last part of this this decade as much. Um, and and so they're you know they're looking at things like that. But also, when you think about change, there are a lot of other companies that are entering the. Um, um, the, the post-high school education business, and I know you're going to be talking with people later in this show uh, about some of that. So really, change is the biggest, biggest. What people want from higher education is a big driver of that change, uh, and you know they want to be prepared for a job. Um, increasingly, people have less faith that a college degree is going to set them up for life, um, and so colleges and universities have to adapt to that. And then another Another big part of the change is technology itself is creating really exciting new opportunities for teaching and for learning. So I, I think those are the biggest changes, in my opinion. What are? Um, I'd love to hear your advice for both people who are setting up online learning courses and also students who are enrolling them on on what you can do to really set yourself up for success. Because I know, I mean, there's so many courses out there. A lot of them have high dropout rates, or uh, you know, they don't have great levels of completion. So, how can we set everyone up for success? Yeah, I think that the way to set yourself up for success is. That I would say this to both the, the, the faculty and the students. Focus more on the learning than on the online and really ask yourself why you're doing this and what you need to get out of it. So don't let yourself kind of impulsively sign up for an online course or an online degree because maybe you had that, that um uh, that that difficult conversation with your mom about where you're going with your life <laughs> or uh, you're really uh, annoyed uh, at your boss and you're unhappy in work or, or something like that. But really think about, you know, what is it that you need to learn and that you want to learn? And find a good program. Take your time to do the research. Just like, you know, if, if, if you're going if, if to paint a room, they always say that 80% of the time that it takes to paint a room is in prepping the room to be painted and then then it paints really quickly. Same thing is true, I think, with picking an online course or program. Really do your research. Give yourself the time uh, to do it. And then another thing I would say is think about how you're going to develop a relationship with the other students in your class, with your fellow learners, with your instructors. Uh, because um, just because you're doing something online doesn't mean that it isn't important to develop a relationship. From the data that we have, um, students really like that hybrid experience. They don't want to, you know, be there uh, in in their, you know, at their kitchen table or in the basement or, or wherever, you know, they're taking the course and uh, feel really isolated and just be them. They really interact with the professor, with the other students. So, you know, think about that when, when you pick an online course and commit to it. Uh, otherwise, you're not going to get much more out of that online course than you would sitting in the back of a huge lecture hall <laughs> and just coming in and listening to the lectures. You, no, and you're then, absolutely right. I think 
a lot of it comes down to someone's personal style of, of learning, and yeah. you kind of have to know yourself a little bit, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the third and the last thing I would say is really embrace the strengths of online learning, you know, embrace its flexibility. Don't see it as, you know, some kind of a stunted option that, oh, I'm not going to be there and see people in three dimensions and face to face, but take advantage of the strengths. You know, it's flexible. So you can do it at the pace that you want um, and, and take it as seriously as you would any other investment in yourself. Mm, that's that's a great way to phrase it. I'm I'm curious, Susan, about um career, later career training. I know, um, and and I want to go back to to talking about um, education institutions because I know you mentioned you you have a lot of conversations with provosts and and presidents of of colleges and institutions. But um, maybe for a second we can take this a few years down the pipe. If you're in your career and you're worried that your job might get automated or you're not keeping up with your skills. Uh, you know, how can this new revolution work for you? It can work really, really well for you. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because in some cases, you know, some people are lucky enough to have employers that really help them shape a learning program for themselves um, and encourage them to, to learn and, you know, get training in, you know, product management or some kind of new coding language or, or, you know, maybe um, uh, better relationship skills or, or whatever. But, you know, in some cases, you really do have to take the, um, take the initiative yourself. And there are so many options out there at so many different price points and so many different time and Invest. So, um, you know, I, I, I do think that this, in, in many ways, we're, gonna, we're entering a golden age of learning um, because the options are really out there in abundance. And people also recognize that, you know, that that one and done degree or, you know, that there's like this time window where you age out of being able to actually get a credential or anything, that's really breaking up and, and we have to keep learning um, throughout our whole, our whole lifetime. You're, I, you couldn't have said it better than that. I think, um, you know, definitely gone are the days where people are staying at the same job, the same company, and you can kind of just get your degree and pat yourself on the back. And um, the the world is, is t- completely shifting. So let's go back to higher education institutions. What are some of the ways that you see traditional um, four-year colleges, liberal arts schools, uh, education institutions as we know it, how are they adapting and changing? Sure, sure. Um, one of the things that, you, you know, it's, it's really a challenge for those traditional colleges and universities because they've got to run their ongoing business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also making room for online learning programs. The most common uh, types of online learning programs that we see are um, trying to serve adult learners, trying to serve non-traditional students. So, you know, I mentioned earlier in, in our conversation that we're going to see fewer and fewer uh, people who are um, recent high school grads uh, who, who are just of that age demographic who are entering college. And so how are we going to keep those enrollments high? Well, we could keep those enrollments high by serving more and more adult learners. And so um, uh, they're, they're, they're developing programs for adult learners, and it might be a program to retool, reskill, something like that. Um, uh, very often they're developing 
hybrid program, so it might be partly online and then an opportunity to come to campus for a face-to-face experience because we find that there are not a lot of people who love totally online, and most people like a little bit of a blend. So um, colleges and universities are offering that. Um, They're offering credentials other than that traditional two or four year degree. Uh, so you can get, you know, you, you can go and and uh, take a, a three or five day class um, online or at an institution and get a certificate that shows that you learned more about, um, uh, you know, a particular skill or a particular area. So, you know, they're really trying to adapt and meet the learners where they are. Then the other, the final thing I would say about that is that they're forming relationships with their local communities and local employers. So they're going to employers and saying, you know, what do you need from the workforce? And what's the gap between the students that we're giving you and the students that you need? And then they're trying to adjust. I think that those are great points. I'm glad you raised them because I know in, you know, a decade ago, everyone was saying, okay, well, there's all these online programs, but do they matter? Does anyone take them seriously? And I think these kind of private, um, these partnerships between the the private sector and education institutions are, are really helping so that you kind of have that approval stamp or you're getting the exact skills that you need. Susan, in our final moments together, what are you most excited about that's coming down the pipe, uh, either something that you're working on or, or trend that you have your eye on in the space? I... Uh... Really quickly, I'm most excited about all the changes that are happening, and you know I think we're seeing a remaking of higher education um, uh, right now uh, and and over the over the next few years, and it's really pretty cool to be a part of that. The other thing, uh, since I'm in technology, that I'll say that I'm really super excited about is I'm really excited about new technologies like gaming and VR goggles and you know mixed and things like that, because they can take people, they can take learners and enable them to learn more actively and to experience things that we can't in the ordinary world, like times that are past, physical places that don't exist anymore or maybe never will, Mm. Um, uh, places that are too big and too far to get to, like space and the universe, and places that are too small to get to, um, like quantum physics. So um, I'm really, really excited about how that's going to develop. I love it. I I want to join you for a course in outer space where we learn how to put on clown suits and communicate telepathically with our pets. So let's let's go do that. <laughs> um, Susan Graycheck, what a pleasure to chat with you today about the lay of the land in education. Uh, how can our listeners reach you and learn more about the great work that you're doing in Educause? Well, Educause, E-D-U, and then the word cause. So uh, if you just type in educause.edu, you can get to our website. Um, and that's really the best way to learn about everything that's happening at Educause because I'm one person at Educause, and it's really the whole organization um, that, that is doing just wonderful work that I'm, I'm very, very proud of. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you giving us such a great rundown of what's going on in the space and what's to come. And uh, I hope we can get you back on the show soon. Great. It was a pleasure, Randy. 
Thank you. All right, for anyone who's just joining us, you were just listening to an interview with Susan Graycheck, uh, who's the vice president of EduCause. She uh, gave us a great rundown of some of the interesting trends happening right now in online learning and, and disrupting in the education sector. She mentioned the flexibility. Um, she mentioned the opportunity for online learning to cater to non-traditional adult learners who might not be going to a, a four-year college program. Uh, but she also mentioned some of the downsides is that, you know, it really puts the onus on the student. You have to take the initiative. It's an investment in yourself. You get out of it what you put in. Um, and some of the trends that we have to look forward to are more kind of very specific skill-based training and online courses that have a kind of a stamp of approval from local employers um, so that you know that you're gaining the skills you need to be hired. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you.